Welcome to a Hope Alive Church podcast, where we strive to be an authentic family of believers, where we believe everyone can encounter the living hope found only in Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoy the word. Last we talked about, we talked about prayer and what it is. Prayer is earthly permission for heavenly interference. And God is, is saying that, that what we talked about, that the reason why we need, we need God to move is because we need to pray. Because God, in Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says that God gave man the authority to rule. And so we're, in, we're the one in charge. And then when Satan took that, deceived Adam and Eve, he took that authority away and, and they, man lost his authority. And then when Jesus died on the cross for our sins, he paid our debt. And when we receive Jesus, we get our authority back in the name of Jesus. So we begin to operate in that authority. And, and we, we learned all the things that, that uh, God tells us to do, that we have the ability now because, and what prayer is, prayer is, is earthly permission for heavenly interference. So now we can go boldly before the throne of God and we can ask God through prayer to, to uh, intervene and interfere and come into our situation and begin to help us in, in that authority and in, help us in our situation. And we, we learned in Ephesians chapter 6, and I want to read you the scripture that we learned about. Uh, it, says, it says that, in chapter 6, it says in verse 10, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and, the, and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God that you, may be, that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authority, the Bible says, and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, that when the day of evil comes, and that doesn't mean, and we talked about this last week, it doesn't mean evil times. It means when you're attacked on that day, on that day, when the enemy comes against you on that day, you're getting attacked. You have the armor and, and you understand that, that, that when you put on the armor, you're able to stand your ground, not lose ground, but stand your ground, and, and, and you stand. You stand firm. Verse 14 says, stand firm then. The Bible says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with the, your feet shod with the readiness or the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, verse 16 says, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And then verse 18 says this, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keeping on praying for all of the Lord's people. Verse 19, Paul said, Pray also for me that whenever I speak words, whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fiercely make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador, verse 20, in chains, pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So when he says in all those situations, he talks about that in all those situations, he's talking about how important it is that we 
take up the armor of God and that prayer is really a battle. You're really going into battle. And I'm going to tell you more about that tonight. And so, and then we, we learned last week, just real quickly, that when you put on the armor of God, you put on the belt of truth. The belt of truth stabilizes. A belt holds everything together. It stabilizes everything in your life. And then righteousness, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the Bible says, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Righteousness is meaning you're in right standing with God. How do you be in right standing with God? By doing what the Word says to do. Doing what, knowing what the Word and doing what the Word says to do. Somebody said to me one time, you know, Pastor, I just, I don't really believe in a soul uh, source in heaven I just believe that there's a there's a higher power well you're wrong because you can't just worship anything you have to worship his name is Jehovah you don't when you have a need a physical need his name is Jehovah Jireh when you have a healing need his name is Jehovah Rapha you know what I mean you have to know the name of you have to know the word of God and I'm going to I'm going to share that with you tonight so when you're in right standing with Christ you're somebody that's not wanting to live wrong. You're wanting to live right. And that doesn't make you perfect. Nobody's perfect. But your, your mindset, you're, 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 you're hungry to go to church. You're hungry for the Word of God. You've got a routine about God. You've got to get habits. The Bible says that we are supposed to study and show ourselves approved. Not to man, but to God. Uh, Somebody said to me, and I'm, please understand, I'm not, I'm just trying to tell you. Somebody said to me, I just love the book of Revelations. That brother Paul preached the book of Revelations like none. I, I've just studied Paul and his book of Revelation. Paul didn't write the book of Revelations. You hadn't studied very much. Come on, somebody. Paul didn't have nothing to do with that. You, so you understand, you've got, you have to know God in order because who are you praying to if you don't know who you're, you're God? You understand? If you don't know he's a provider, if you don't know he's a healer, if you don't know he's all omnipresent, if you don't know all them things, you're praying. And how are we praying? Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. How did I get my faith? I got my faith in, I got my, my faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I found that out in church. Amen? People, and I believe this too. I don't believe you have, have to be in the house of God to pray. But I believe you have to go to church so you learn the things of God. The Bible says, forsake not the assemblings of ourselves together. And when we come together, what did God say? And Sister Martha, Pastor Martha said this the other day. She said, what did God say he wants his church to be called? A house of prayer. A house of prayer. And so when we do that, the Bible says, and I want to read you this scripture, James chapter 5. And I'm going I'm to read it to you. And it's, it's James chapter 5. And it says, and, it, and, I, and this is where I'm going tonight. And, and I want you to hear this real quickly. James chapter 5, it says, is there, in verse 13, it says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let him pray. Is, let me change that. I, don't, I got the wrong thing here. James chapter 13 says, Anyone among you who is suffering, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. 
Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The man's sick, the people that are praying, they're wanting to not be sick. And he says, the Bible says, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. The verse 16 says, confess your trespasses one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. And then it says, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Somebody who's doing right. Somebody who's not according to the church's standards, according to God's standards. According to God's standards. I have a hard time believing, and, and it... And we, we do live in a generation that, that we do live in a generation that don't know as much about God as they should. But somebody said, you can't blame people for stealing. My question is, if you want to steal and all the riots and stuff, and you, you believe it's right, why you hide your face? If it's right, you shouldn't have to hide, right? You shouldn't have to worry about. So somebody says, I don't, I don't really know what's right. I, you can read the Bible I believe you can read the Bible, any translation, and the Word of God will tell you how to live right. And God will reveal that to you. I'm not talking about my standards. I'm talking about God's standards. But I want you to see this. Uh, the Bible says, it says, Elijah was a, he said, the effective fervent prayer, verse 16, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And then he says, Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours, flesh and blood, just like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And, and he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain. And then the last thing we talked about last week was the earth produced its fruit. When you get down to pray, are you praying to make you feel better? Are you praying to get an answer? I'm praying to get an answer. Amen? I'm praying to get an answer. So... Tonight, I want you to go back with me to Ephesians chapter 6. This is part 2. And I want, I want to show you something that the Lord spoke to me. I want to read you some scriptures. Ephesians chapter 6. And it says, and we just read it. It tells us how to put on the armor of God. And it tells us to put on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and the shoes of peace. And it says, then to have the shield of faith. And then it says that we're to... Uh, have the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit and so when we're praying we're going into battle you're like getting you're you you you've got prepared to walk into a play remember prayer is earthly permission for heavenly interference you're asking god to intervene if you've ever if you've ever been overwhelmed my grandson it it just it just and this is how you know god makes you creature nature my grandson he I love all my grandkids and and but when they're little they really trust you they really want something from you and when they're hurting you know they'll like or they want something my grandson say papa and he'll look at me look up at me and he'll make his request known and he'll stick out his hand for me to hold his hand and and then me loving him I want to do I want to protect him. I want to be there for him. I want to be there. Now, I can't always be, but how many knows God who loves us, when we reach out our hand, 
He wants to be there for us. He, wants to, he, do, he is there for us. He protects us. He does all those things. So we understand that we are getting ready for battle. But I want you to see if you can, uh, if I can find it one more time. Can you put up there Ephesians, cha- I'm sorry, James chapter 5. And so I can, I can read it because I can't turn fast as you can put up there. James chapter 5 in, in verse 13, what we just read a while ago up there in the, King James, in the New King James Version. Do you have that? This one? Is anyone among you in trouble? Which one is this? What's the name of this one? New International Version? Is anyone in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Verse 14. Going down to verse, uh, going down to verse 18. I'm sorry, I, I'm used to carrying my, bio, my on my phone. Let me look at, look at right here, Robin, so I can, I can see it and have it. James chapter 5. <laughs> These are little bitty words. <laughs> James chapter 5. The Bible says, confess your trespasses, verse 15. Verse 16, in verse 17, it says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Here you go, sister. Thank you. He prayed again. Have you ever wondered where that, we know what the Bible says about that, but I want to take you to that prayer that Elijah prayed. It's in 1 Kings chapter 18. And I want to show you the substance of that that we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 18. And I want you to see this with me because it's, it's really important what we're talking about tonight. The Bible says, and it came to pass, verse 1, after many days the word of the Lord came to Elijah. The word of the Lord came to light in the third year saying, go present yourself to Ahab and, and I will send rain on the earth. Everybody say the word of the Lord came. And then it says, go, go and present yourself to Ahab, the king and Elijah. So I want you to see what, what is taking place here because it, it makes James chapter five, verse 18, 17 and 18 come so alive that there was basically, there was a problem on earth. There was no rain. There was a drought. And what, what happened was that God spoke to Elijah and he said, I want you to go to, uh, to Ahab and I want you to present yourself. And he said, when you do that, I am going to send the rain. It's very important. And I want you to see, we talked about this again and I want to reiterate this. Remember, prayer is earthly permission for heavenly interference. Now God can, he's God. He can do whatever he wants to. But he will not go against his word. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 said, God gave man authority to rule. So God will not overrule man until man, at, God will not intervene until man, it just takes one. <coughs> Remember, it just takes one man in all the world and the one man, one person can, enter, can prayer and God will begin to intervene. So, so here's the question that I want you to see something tonight. 
in, in Ephesians chapter 6, we learned last week that we put on the whole armor of God. And Paul said, after you've done that, I want you to pray. Because when you pray, now why do you need the armor when you pray? Because when you pray, you are going to battle. You're going to battle. What Ephesians chapter 6 says, you're not going to battle in the natural realm. You're going to battle in the supernatural realm, the spiritual, in the heavenlies. So you're going to battle, and that, that's it. So in, in 1 Kings chapter 18, basically, there was a drought on the earth because God spoke to Elijah and said, and he prayed, and it didn't rain. And then God spoke to Elijah again in verse 18, chapter 1, chapter 18, verse 1. And he said, and, and that he said, and it came to pass after many days, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Basically, Elijah knew what God said. What's the first part of the armor you put on? The belt of truth. What is the truth? Knowing, knowing what is right. What's the very last thing that God said and Paul said through, God said through Paul? And what's the last part of the armor? The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I want to ask you, and you're going to, I'm going to tell you something. I've, I've been in the ministry for 43 years, 43 years. I've heard every crazy prayer request you can ever think of. I had a lady come to the altar one time, and she said to me, she said, Pastor, I need you to pray. My, my son got a divorce, and he got remarried, and I need God to kill his wife. Because I want him to get back with our real, our real daughter-in-law. My grandchild's mother. I've heard, and we're not talking about somebody just got saved. We're talking about somebody raised in church. So how did they get that concept? Listen to me. The devil goes to church. You can be raised in church. The difference is being raised in church or having church raised in you. There were people that knew Jesus didn't believe he was out of the grave. And there were people that saw him out of the grave that believed he always could be out of the grave. You understand? So Elijah heard the, the word of the Lord came to Elijah and he said, you have to know the word if you're going to pray. If you're going to go to battle, you got to know the. he's the captain. He's, he's God Almighty. He's the captain of the army. He's the word. And we've got to know what his plan is for our life, our situation. What does the word say about your situation? I've had God speak to me sometimes when I go to pray for people and I've got down to pray and I've, I've said to the Lord, I said, God, I cannot say that. And God would just, he wouldn't argue with me. He just wouldn't say nothing else. And then I'd say, do you really want me to say that? You really want me to, you spoke to me and you want me to say that to him? And, and the Lord would speak to me and, he'd, and I would, I'd say he'd speak to me. I just feel it in my spirit. You got to obey God. If you're going to get results, you got to obey God. You got to follow the instructions. You have to read the instructions and obey God. So I want you to look down in First Kings chapter 18, and I want you to look with me what happened when he prayed. In verse 41, it says, "Then Elijah, remember what God said in verse one: Go up to Ahab and present yourself." Then Elijah said to Ahab, "Go up and eat and drink." For there is the sound of abundance rain. There is a sound of abundance rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel. 
The Bible says, then he bowed on the ground, he put his face between his knees, and he said, and said to his servants, go up and look now toward the sea. Elijah said to his servants, I want you to see something here, and I want you to listen to me. When Elijah began to pray, he got on his knees, the Bible says, and he put his face between his knees. What's that mean? Does he bow down? Does that mean anything? This is one of the greatest lessons I ever learned about reading the Bible. The Bible was written in an Eastern culture. We are a Western nation. We're in the Western hemisphere. The Bible was written in the Eastern, Eastern, East, East hemisphere, Eastern culture. So you, you really need to understand some of the things that said, so, so, well, he just got on his knees. No, he got on his knees, and the Bible says he put his face between his knees. Why? Because listen to this. That's the way in the Old Testament women gave birth. That's the way they gave birth to their child. They didn't, they didn't have all the apparatus and all the stuff. So listen to me. They had a seed planted on the inside of them, and it started to grow. And when it started to grow, they had to get on their knees, had to put their face between their knees, and they had to prevail because what started in them had to come out. You understand? So when you, when God gave, when you go to prayer, what, what are you praying for? Well, pastor, I got a battle. I got, so did, is God the author and the finisher of your faith? Is he the beginning and the end? Is he the alpha and omega? Did God know before you were born you were going to be in that battle? Did God give you the unction to go to prayer? And when he did give you the unction to go to prayer, did he tell you what to pray? Because he told Elijah. James chapter 5, James said in chapter 5, he said Elijah was a like man just like us. Well, this is what God spoke to Elijah in verse 1. God said, go present yourself to, Eli to Ahab. Go up there because it's about to rain. You go tell him it's about to rain. Elijah goes to Mount Carmel. He don't go to where Ahab's eating and looking at the ocean. He go, he's not doing that. He's going up on Mount Carmel. And Elijah has a servant. And he said, I want you to go. Listen to me. Really important. I want you to go to the ocean. I want you to go and look towards the ocean and tell me what you see. And the servant came back. Verse 41 says, I keep having to open my... So lights. There was a sound, for there is a sound of an abundance rain. So Ahab went to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed on the ground and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, go up now and look toward the sea. And so he went and he looked and he said, there is nothing. There is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Listen to me. Listen to this. Elijah is on his knees. He's got his face between his knees. And the God is, there's something in him that's got to get out. You, you know, my daughter just had a baby. And, and, and the first time, when her first baby, and it may be this way with everybody, I don't know, it was this way with us. But when the first baby, you, you think you're going to have the baby right, real early. We, we thought we were going to have the baby on Friday. We, have, we didn't have Pastor Cliff till Sunday night or Monday morning two o'clock in the morning and there was lots of complications and all that but but when you got finally got ready what does the doctor say you got to push how many times in this situation seven times you got to go to the you got to go look again and every time he went and looked Elijah 
was praying, giving God earthly, giving God earthly permission to give, giving God earthly permission for heavenly interference because there's a drought, there's a problem. When you have a problem, you need God to intervene and that's why you pray. And when you go to pray, your problem's not in the natural, your problem's in the supernatural, right? And so when you go to pray, you have to have the truth. You have to have everything stabilized. How many's ever got down to pray and you got down to pray and you think about something that's gone wrong that day? You can't do that. You got to put that in God's hands. Amen? You got to be in. And then you get down to pray and you think, oh man, how can I enter the heaven? I enter his courts with thanksgiving and his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And I've done this. And I, you got to be in right standing with God if you want God's attention. I told someone, I, I may have told you this to you the other day, but I was showing a picture of my new grandson to a lady I, I know. And I just, she said, she walked up to my table and I said, hey, hey, look at my, and she said, my name's not Hey. I said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, I mean to insult you. She said, my name is, and she said, do you know my name? I said, yes, ma'am, I know your name. I apologize. I just, I just was so excited about showing the picture of my grandson. I just said, hey, 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 hey. You, you got to know how to approach God. Amen? You have to know how to approach God when you're praying. So Elijah, he, when he prayed, and he prayed, and he kept telling the, the servant, go back and look again. Go seven times and look again. And then on the seventh time, he said, I see a cloud the size of a man's fist, just his hand. Little bitty cloud, way off in the distance. Way off in the distance. Before I go there, I want to sh- tell you something. What Elijah was doing, he was seven times, he was pulling down, he was pulling down. Once again, let me reiterate this. What do you need armor for in prayer? Because you're going to battle. Amen. Sorry. We need, we need the armor of God because we're going to battle. Seven times he's travailing and he's laboring in prayer. Remember when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was right before they were about to come and get him and the Bible says that he prayed so much that his sweat became his blood. That doesn't happen by, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul. That doesn't happen like that. And it's good that we pray with our kids but, but I, I love to hear some of my grandkids when, they, when they, they, they'll say, why don't we pray? Me and Ashton was going down Andrews Highway one time. We were coming straight into hailstorm. She said, Dad, pull over. I said, Ashton, pulling over don't get you nowhere. I said, we got to either try to drive through it or get up here and turn right and try to outrun it. And she, I, she, she said, we've got to do, what do we do? I said, I, we just got to pray. And Ashton immediately, she's about 16 year old. She said, Father, in the name of Jesus. And I looked over at her. She's louder than the hail, literally the hail. And she, she said, in the name of Jesus, I command this to stop right now. And she just put herself in it. And she's, because she was, she thought that we were going to be overcome by that situation. And I'm just listening and I'm like, amen, amen. And we got to where we were supposed to turn right. And she said, stop now. And by the time we got to where it's turning right, there was no more hail. It literally had stopped at the other side of Andrews Highway when we got to that place. And we turned, she said, we don't have to outrun it now. I prayed. Can you say amen? We don't have to outrun it now. I prayed. The, God didn't give you no, 
when you're trying to outrun something, you'd need some armor on the back. God don't give you no armor on the back. All your armor is walking into the battle, getting down on your knees, ready to pray. Amen? So Elijah is pulling this down. He is praying and he's pulling this down. He's travailing. His face is between his knees and, and, and he was pulling down. But I want you to hear what he was pulling down. Listen to this. He was pulling down what God said in verse 1. He said, I'm about to make it rain. So why did it, why did he, if you look through verse 1 to verse 41, you look at all the things that went on. Why didn't it rain in between then? Because God needed somebody to pray. He needed somebody to pull it down. He needed somebody to go before the throne of God and ask God for, God had, listen to this. Prayer is really pulling down something that God had already intended to do. Can you say amen? Prayer is pulling down, asking for earthly, giving earthly permission for heavenly interference, something God has already intended to do. Does God love you? Does God protect you? Did God know the beginning from the end from the beginning or the beginning from the end? Can you say amen? Does God know all that? Did God breathe life into you? Does God really love you? Does God protect you? So he always has intended before you were born, before you were in this situation, for, this to ha- for him to intervene. He always has intended for this to happen in this situation. He needs somebody to go before the throne and pull that thing down. A lot of people read, read James chapter 5 and they read about Elijah being a like nature as man just like we are. But they don't know that Elijah travailed. He gave birth to something that had been planted on the inside of him. And he knew what it was because he knew what God had said. He knew what God had said. Let me finish up and, and finish this just so you know. Prayer is not making God do something he is not going to do. Prayer is not making God do something he's not going to do. God will not cross the line against his word. You cannot ask God to do something that's contrary to his word. You you have to know the word. You have to be in that situation. And you have to know the word. I want to ask you something. Have you ever heard the prayer before a football game? You ever heard them pray before you go, before they play the football game here? They'll ask the Lord or they'll ask for God. What effect do you think that does? What effect does that, what do you think the players are doing? Some are praying. But what about, what about? If you, have you ever watched some of them when they have a prayer invocation or whatever they want to call it before that? And they're asking, before the rodeo, they ask, you ever watch some of the cowboy, I'm, that's my place you ever watch some of you know what they're some of them got their head down some of them got their hat off and their head down they're talking to the guy next to them did it does it affect the bulls or does it what happens in that situation it's it's just something we need to do to make every because we're a we're a god we're a country created by a godly man right but so so tell me if 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 just that simple little general prayer Please understand, I'm not trying to make fun of anybody, but I'm trying to tell you those kind of prayers don't work. Those kind of prayers don't work. Used to in school, we had prayer every day. 
And we had teachers that knew how to pray. And teachers knew they couldn't just, they couldn't teach on their own. They had, to, they had to have some ability and longing and hunger to teach a student, to be, be, now students, for the most part, students run our classrooms and teachers are referees and everything like that. They're referees. I, we had a Christian school here. I had a, a student steal something out of a, a teacher's person we had a video camera in there so we called the parent in and you know what the parent said if you'd get better teachers that knew how to put their stuff up it wouldn't be such a temptation to our child when are you going to get my child another teacher I said that's not your worry because we're not a public school and you know we don't got to have you no more well what am I going to do you should have been kicking your kids rear end a long time ago it's not the teacher's fault we we wonder we we think it's and I I do believe in prayer, and I'm thankful that we recognize God. But those prayers that are, now I lay my, I ask the Lord my soul to keep. And some of those things that people pray, they don't. You, my brother-in-law said to my sister one time, said, will you pray over the food? She said, Lord, I bless the food to the nourishment of our bodies. And my brother-in-law said, who talks about nourishment like that? Who, who gets up to the, goes up to the buffet line and says, give me some good nourishment? And, and she said, well, that's the prayer I've always known all my life. He said, do you know, even know what you're saying? She said, no, not really. That's what my sister said to my brother-in-law. He said, we pray the food that God bless it and make it good for our bodies and, and let us enjoy this time and, and thank God for food. I heard from a missionary today in Honduras. He has had nothing but tortillas that he makes, black beans and rice, for four months four months and he said I hate black beans he said but there is nothing else to eat he said I need God to send some meat and I said well I'm going to pray I'm going to send you some money and he said don't send no food because they steal our food here nobody steals black beans and rice they steal our food here he said I, I need we, we, we're we really are blessed to live where we live. Can you say amen? Let me finish up. I don't know how I got on that. <laughs> Prayer is earthly permission for heavenly interference. Prayer is not making God do something. It's, it's, it's grabbing and pulling down what God intended to do. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse, it tells us that we are to pick up, pick up three pieces of armor that you should wear every day. The belt. The, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and your shoes, feet shod with the preparation of peace. Every day, when, you're gonna, when you see a baseball player, he has on his belt, he has on his shoes, he has those things. He, he has to have a uniform before he ever plays. Three things you got to have for every day. The other three pieces you got to pick up, you got to put on. You got to pick up. You got to pick up and the shield of faith. You got to pick up that shield of faith. You got to put on the helmet of salvation. If you're if you're playing the outfield, you don't need the batting helmet. You don't need something in that situation. You and then it says in the last part it says pick up the sword of the spirit, the word of God. You have to pick that up and you have to make. That's not something that just comes 
like righteousness, when you got saved and you keep in right standing with God, there are times you need a specific word for a specific need for that situation. Amen? You need a specific word for that situation and that, and that situation. And, and, and I want you to hear what Elijah's word was. Verse 1 says, and the Lord said to Elijah. That was God's word to Elijah. He told him what to do. He said, I am going to send the rain. Now you go up and do that. And what did Elijah do? He went up and started to pray. God didn't send the rain when he talked to him, verse 1. He didn't send the rain till Elijah prayed in verse 41. When Elijah prayed, that's when he sent the rain. And, and, and Elijah knew how to pray because he knew what God said. He knew how to say. Somebody said, Pastor, you know, we've got to live life. You know, God intended for us to live life. And life just happens. Things just happen. I don't see that in here. I see when the devil attacked. I see when God reigned. I see when people thirsted and, and Moses struck the rock because God said to strike the rock. I don't see where the rock just, it just happened. I see where God knew, spoke to Moses. Moses knew what to do. And when he did what God said to do, water flowed. Can you say amen? What happened? Somebody said, well, you know, the man upstairs, it's just kind of, whatever will be, will be kind of situation. That's not the life of a Christian. That's, there's people that love God that are saved that live that life, but they live a defeated life. You can't live in victory if you're going to live that life. You have to know the word, you have to speak the word, and you have to know what the word says. Basically, if you don't know what God is saying, you don't have any authority. So if you don't have the authority, who has the authority? Who has the authority? The enemy has the authority. He's ruling in this world. He has the authority and power if we give it to him. And if we don't, if we don't keep walking in the name of Jesus. I told you last week, many, for many years, did people be diagnosed with cancer and stuff like that? And they, we had Sunday night service. I'll never forget Brother Tim. And he, he was diagnosed with cancer. And he, and he lifted his hands and praise the Lord, come to church every time. I'd say, come up here and preach with me. And he'd walk across this and walk across this. And, and, and he, somebody, you'd see some of his family say, he can barely make it. But when he started helping me, and when he started walking by faith, and when he started acting out and doing what the Lord spoke to me to tell him when he agreed to come up here to do that. And sometimes we have to be like the friends that lowered the man down through the roof. It was their friend's faith that the man got up and healed. God honored their faith. That's something that happens. When you pray, you have got to get to the place where you get down and pray and you labor and you know what the Word says about your situation. This is the last thing, and I promise this is the very last thing I want you to see. We spend lots of time talking to men about God. We don't spend enough time talking to God about men. Listen to that. The world spends a lot, even the church, we spend lots of time, lots of time talking to men about God. But I want to ask you, how much, do you, when you talk to somebody about God instead of talking to God about somebody. 
What is talking to God about somebody? That's called prayer. What is talking to God about your circumstance? That's called prayer. When you get on the phone and you tell somebody about your circumstance, and somebody said to me, they saw something today that I was wearing, and they said, looks like things are working out. I said, yes, in the name of Jesus. I've been to the river, and I've been baptized, and I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Amen? I love some of them old songs that, that like I, told, I said one time when I was preaching, the man that wrote it is well with my soul. He went to the, went to the, the shore on the Atlantic Ocean to see his wife and his daughters that he hadn't seen. And when he got there, waited for them, someone came and told him that their ship sank and there was no survivors in the Atlantic. And then somebody came up to him in his grief and he was crying because immediately he lost all his family. And they said, what can, what can I do? How can I pray? And, or something like that. And he said, it is well with my soul. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to be with my wife and my kids again. That's somebody that's labored when they prayed. Can you say amen? We spend lots of time talking to men about God and not enough time talking to God about men. God wants to do. When we are praying, we are releasing God to do what he's already planned to do. Prayer is pulling down what God has already intended. Prayer is labor. Prayer is not giving up. Prayer is contacting God. Contacting God. Having on the armor of God, truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, and the word of God. Elijah prayed and it rained. Please remember this. You know this now. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 1 God told him what to do. Verse 41 is when he started to do what God said. It didn't rain in that time. And if you look at that situation, if you look at all that situation, if you look from verse 40, if you read, there was a lot of going on with the prophets of Baal and all that other stuff and the battle that Elijah, but God had spoke to Elijah in verse 1 and in verse 41 is when Elijah finally got up to Mount Carmel and he began to pray. And that's when it began to rain. When you labor in your prayers and you, put, you get down to business and you labor in your prayers, I, I, I want to, this is what I pray to. I pray to this. This is every day I pray to this. this uh, I, have a, I have a playlist and it's called worship. And I, I get up really early in the morning but I, I, I love this. I don't know if you can hear this song or not. But if you don't have this CD, it's called by C.C. Wine. And it's called Believe For It. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost enters my living room when I get into worshiping God. They say this mountain can't be moved. They say this mountain can't be moved. These chains will never break. But they don't know you like we do. There is power in your name. I'm just telling you that I enter his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, and when I get into worship, 
my prayer just gets so powerful. And I feel the presence of God all around me. And when he tells me to pray for a certain thing, I prayed for a sister here in church. I prayed for her son today. And I called him on the phone later on in the morning after I left the doctor's office. He said, Pastor, I knew you were going to call me today. I haven't talked to him or seen him in nearly two years. And I was looking for a phone number in my contacts. And I just put it in the search. And his name came up, Jesse. And I knew I was supposed to call him. And I called him. And he said, I knew beyond a shadow of doubt. That, I, I, for just me, this is just me. I get up every morning at 4 o'clock. I don't, go to, I don't got to be at the gym till 7. I need that much time to get my devotion my mind and get my ready, myself ready for the battle and to give God what he truly deserves. If you tithe 10% of your finances, I was taught you're supposed to tithe 10% of your time. That's two hours and 40 minutes a day at the minimum. That doesn't include my offering. Somebody said, how do you make that work? I don't know how God does that, but I know I'm able to go and work all day and then stay up till 8, 9, 10, clock not eight ten o'clock sometimes eleven o'clock at night and God just keeps refreshing me with the word and that's because I I have to start out my day praying and in the word and I have to learn I want to tell you and I know I went extra long tonight but this is my third journal in, since May the 8th well actually June the 6th this over 500 pages and then if you this is this is this is the one I'm just doing. I got this in the 19th. I'm just doing this in Revelation. But I, I write on the front and the back of every page. I've been in the ministry for 43 years. And I've never had the revelation that I've had in the last year. I've never had God speak to me and tell me things that he's told me. And I write these things down. And I just, I, I highlight them and I write them and I write them and I write them. And I just... This is just a book for revelation. This is not my daily journal. This is not my Bible study. This is not what I write in the scripture. And I believe that God is honoring my time and prayer. So I'm not teaching you something that I'm not practicing. If you go to my place where I pray, beside my fireplace, I have my anointing oil. I have a box of Kleenex. I have, I have, I have prayer cloths that I pray over. I have prayer cloths that I pray, preached with. I stuck them in my pockets. And I stuck them in when I used to preach. And I have them in my drawer. And when somebody says, please pray for me, I get a prayer cloth. And I, that prayer cloth's been anointed with oil. And it's also operated with me in the anointing while I prayed. And people, there's a friend of mine that doesn't even go to church like he ought to. But every time I see him, he's got diagnosed with Parkinson's disease 25 years ago every time I see him he says pastor I still have my prayer cloth and he's still alive he's still in fact he's getting better can you say amen amen bow your heads with me father I thank you Lord for revelation knowledge I thank you Lord today before my feet hit the ground you spoke to someone that needed prayer last night at 12.30. And at 4 o'clock this morning, I, I, I was praying. And God, you answered that prayer.
and you ministered to that, that person, that, that family member in God. Lord, I ask you to help us, to teach us how to touch the hem of your garment, how to, how to labor through and what is started in us, what, what you planted in our mind and what you spoke in our ear, we will pray and give birth and push it out. We will, we will labor and travail. We're like men just like Elijah. And if Elijah can pray like that and you speak to him, we can pray like that and you speak to us. And God, you, people will know us. They will know by the anointing, by the presence of God and by the, our prayers. Our prayers are answered in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Something that I do, and I talked to you a little bit about this last week. I've been raised in church, but I, I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. But for some reason in the last year, I've had such a revelation that I, my dad died in 98. And in my battle, I've really needed my dad. So I have my heavenly father. And I approach my father. So when I write in my journal and it's, I write, dear Lord, I'll comma and put my fa- father. I always talk to my father in his son's name. And I believe the Bible says in the book of Revelations that the prayers of the saints are stored up in vials, in vases at the feet of God. And my heavenly father, Jehovah, Jehovah knows my prayers. And I, want, and I know he knows yours. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to stay up to date, be sure to follow us on all social media platforms or visit us online at myhopealive.church.